Blueberry Farm in Sumas, Washington, right in our backyard here in Whatcom County. Accused, uh, well, I, I think a lot of people took note when they were accused of killing a farm worker. That was the acti- uh, accusation from activists. I think you guys may be familiar with this story. Um, a, a blueberry farm ended up having some uh, union organizing activity going on, some uh, protests happening, strikes, questions about workers' immigration status, workers that were here uh, in the U.S. on an H-2A guest worker uh, visa, which has been a, a point of contention and a lot of controversy surrounding that. We don't have to get it or we don't have time uh, to get into all of that uh, this morning. Welcome back, by the way. Dylan Honkoop with you here on The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. Our sponsors are McAvoy Oil Company, as well as Farmers Equipment Company and Laurel Farm and Western Supply. So a big thank you uh, to them to make this uh, show possible where we can talk about issues that are very, uh, that are vital important to to agriculture here in Whatcom and Skagit County, uh, Northwest Washington and beyond in some cases. Um, and uh, so we, we've talked off and on over, well, almost a year now, I, I guess this happened last summer, so not quite a year, um, about what happened out at Sarbanand Farm in Sumas, this blueberry farm again, and hired a, a bunch of uh, guest workers to get the crop in. Uh, which is an expensive thing uh, to do, by the way. It's really kind of a, an option of last resort uh, for a farm that, that's trying to bring their crop in uh, if they, because they certainly prefer to bring in local workers. But uh, uh, if those cannot be found, uh, can't get enough people uh, in the local area, uh, uh, one of the last resort options is to uh, be able to, to work with some folks and, and bring some people in on, on temporary visas uh, from out of the country to uh, to work some of these jobs, bring the crop in rather than letting it fall under the ground. Now, these accusations were leveled against the, uh, the farm. Uh, an investigation ensued by the State Department of Labor and Industries after this hit the news and, and complaints were made. And there were a lot of questions about a lot of different things out at this, this blueberry farm in Sumas. And after that report was finalized and released earlier this year, we found out more and we found out more about what things actually look like on this farm. Um, certainly a lot of the things don't necessarily jive at all with what the, the activists had said and, and the Department of Labor and Industries clearing their name on this, this accusation of killing a farm worker. We found out that there was a farm worker that, that passed away. And in this tragic story, again, we've talked about this specific story many times. Um, and it turned out that the reason was diabetes and then that he had diabetes and, and, um, had run out of his medication, but didn't tell anyone. Um, and by the time that anyone found out he was quite ill and, and they were not even able to save him even after, you know, getting him immediately down to Harborview Medical Center in Seattle. Um, so an awful story, but what the, the big question was, was it the farm's fault? Did the farm do that? And, and that of course generated a lot of attention with all of that attention. There were other things investigated too. I mean, the, the question of what happened to this specific guy that died was one question that Ellen and I wanted to answer, but then they wanted to ask more questions and, and in, investigate more at this farm about, um, their, their practices, their, you know, their facilities, 
um, their policies and whether or not they were being followed as far as things like breaks. And that's what the farm ended up getting a, a record setting fine for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. This farm was fined uh, for um, the, the fine was for, uh, I believe, missing a rest break and uh, also for having uh, a late lunch break. And uh, joining us now on the phone with Capital Press, he's been covering this since the beginning, and, and we've talked with him about it before, Don Jenkins. Welcome to the program, Don. We're finding out more now that, that you've been able to actually request and get your hands on the public records of what they found in the this investigation of the farm. Tell us what you're finding out. Uh, there's some details here. So, some of the details aren't necessarily great for the farm, but a lot of them are really uh, particularly really, um, I guess, concerning about the, the process and, and the government agency, the, the State Department of Labor and Industries involved here? Well, we, we just wanted to uh, find out more information about um, the basis for this uh, large fine that you mentioned. And so uh, after some time had, had elapsed, um, we received the records. These always take longer than, mm-hmm. than I wish they did. And... Uh, well, a couple things that were interesting about it is that um, the the agency had really quite a, a wide range of options on deciding how much to fine um, the farm, and it, it ranged from I think as little as five hundred thirteen dollars to as much as two point nine five million dollars. That's a same, range for between five, uh, essentially around five hundred dollars to almost three million and and so they had discretion in between those two that upper and lower limit to decide what they were going to find this farm that's right that it just it depends on how, just how you calculate um the penalties and and sometimes that's the that's the way it is with uh with these agencies when they when they look at violations it's just how, how do you how do you count the violations do you count one violation you could count way to look at it. You could count uh, nine violations. Another way of looking at it, you could count thirteen violations. Another way of looking at it, you could count five hundred and eighty-three violations to a to several thousand violations, depending on if you multiply each violation by every every worker. Now, do, do, so, don't they have yeah. policies though on how this? Be, because in some ways, this is an issue of justice, and and the state is there mm-hmm. in an enforcement role. They're supposed to make sure that people are following the rules, and there should be some kind of standard out. Just like there is, you know, if somebody gets pulled over and gets a speeding ticket, you know, there's while there is some discretion based on the particular circumstances, and for the officer who's choosing to to give the fine, there there are some questions about well, did it fall in this category or that category and what's the process here it doesn't doesn't that apply to l and i here don't they have some policies that say okay uh first time offender uh <laughs> how how big of a problem was this you know on 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 the scale of things there has to be some subjective error not excuse me objective elements to how they figure this out rather than it being entirely entirely subjective well they do have they do have guidelines and I guess, the, for example, as you mentioned, you know, does a does a farm have a, a record of violations? Um, and you know, how often does this happen? How many workers were affected? Th- those kind of things. But even those standards have a lot of uh, flexibility, subjectivity mm-hmm. to them. And so the department looked at this and, and said, well, you know, the farm doesn't have a history of these violations. 
but uh, they do have a lot of workers, and so uh, that's that's one thing. And then the other the other thing was uh, about the publicity that this case had received, and the publicity stemmed from the the worker dying, and then the workers uh, going on strike, and then when they when they tried to come back to work, they were fired. So these these were the things that drove the publicity so, and made the case high profile. Wait a second. I mean, you're saying that the fine, the, and, and this is kind of what I'm gathering from your, your coverage in Capital Press, by the way, people can ke- uh, check it out, capitalpress.com, and it should be in this week's uh, print edition as well. If you're a subscriber, and I strongly suggest you be to Capital Press, the uh, West's Ag Weekly and the West's uh, Ag-focused news uh, website, in your piece, you basically say that, that publicity, according to some of these documents, uh, publicity was apparently a factor in them deciding how they were going to find this farm and that, that the fine actually became a lot bigger because of the publicity that the case got, not necessarily because of the details of the specific case. That's right. Excuse me. Excuse me. Publicity uh, did figure into this. And um, so I guess the, then the question is, uh, is it appropriate for publicity about uh, events unrelated to the, to the violations? Should they play a role in determining the, the, the amount of the fine? And I guess that was the, the, the thrust of the story. I mean, um, my, my take on it, and this is my personal opinion, is that um, my my uh, back to my old analogy. My traffic ticket shouldn't go up because um, I happen to make the the nightly news uh, getting pulled over. I should be <laughs> my traffic ticket should be based on you know how much I was speeding and the actual rules, so that justice could be served, not on how much attention the whole thing got. Well, I think that's a creative analogy. That's that 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 could well be. I know. What, what, well are, what are what are what are experts uh, saying on? this i mean certainly you've talked to some people in the department of labor and industries are they saying that this is a a legitimate way uh to to determine fines is based on how much publicity something gets well i haven't heard any reconsideration from the from the labor and industries about it um they you know they when they did the story they uh spokesman defended the the fine and defended the thinking and defended Taking into consideration the the larger event mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the, the specific uh, violations. So, did the spokesman so, himself say that that uh, publicity did play a role in this, or or what did he say about that? That it, well, it's a little it's a little un, unclear. It's a little unclear to me. If people can can read the story and mm. um, and uh, draw their own conclusions right. to it, and it's. To me, it's a it's a bit murky, and um, I don't want to dictate what anybody but he thinks. I, I hope that um, there's enough facts there, yeah, to at least for, for people to kind of draw their own conclusions, right? And to and, think and, about it for themselves. And that's and that's why I'm curious what the the spokesman actually said, because I, I think you know, looking through the public records of the investigation, and pretty clearly mm-hmm. indicate that that was a factor and that was a part of the equation. As they, uh, I mean, from from your reporting. 
Um, the, the person in charge of the investigation and deciding on the fine initially had said, okay, we're going to fine them $5,000, but then somehow other people inside, and, and, and tell me if, if I'm, I'm accurately uh, reading this report on this, other people inside of the department somehow got a hold of the case, and that fine went from $5,000 to $150,000 thousand dollars i mean do is that first is that accurate that, that it started there based on their general uh, policies for how they come up with a fine like this and then it went through that process it sounds like we don't know much about who was involved uh, there may have been a woman named elizabeth smith involved that i'm seeing here in some documents um and some of your reporting as well that had, had got this and said no no this uh, th they felt this fine needed to be much much larger right well, she's the, uh, the the official who is the final word on this, uh, according to the department, with all advice and, and comments and input she received from other people. I don't know. At, at one time, the, the thinking of the department was to find the farm a, a much smaller amount, uh, under under $5,000. Uh, but it was it, it went up, and and there were reasons for that, including um, the number of workers involved, the uh, according to the department, the the, um, the late meals and the missed rest breaks were occurring fairly frequently, and but then also uh, because of the publicity and the high profile of the case. Now and again, the pub the publicity and the high profile was was not because of um, these late meals or missed rest breaks. It was because of the workers' deaths and then the and then the strike and the firing. Right. I think no no one even knew about the the late uh, rest breaks and and the missed meal break um, until much after all, all of the dust settled on, on these other things. Um, at, at least as far as, as the general public goes. Mm -hmm. Don Jenkins is with us right now with Capital Press, reporter there. He's been covering this story for a long time and all of its different uh, twists and turns. And his latest report out is uh, in Capital Press this week uh, talking about how the State Department of Labor and Industries, in deciding a fine for this farm, uh, apparently factored in um, factored in the publicity that this case had gotten, the uh, public attention it had gotten, and decided to fine the farm uh, somewhere on, on the order of 30 times more than they had originally planned to just because of the attention this had gotten to me. And again, you're doing great reporting on this. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Don, uh, because you, you, as a journalist, you have a responsibility just to deliver the facts. I'm adding my take on this, and, and I've been watching this uh, here in Whatcom County unfold from day one. My take on this is this is a situation that was ripe for political manipulation and, and political forces to, to come to bear on um, how they were going to, to handle this this case and, and, and treat this farm. Um, that that uh, p potentially people's political motives or their feelings or whatever, when it's when it's a subjective process within the State Department of Labor and Industries, I think there are huge questions there about how how they can have that much latitude and actually serve justice rather than than um, cater to, to interests, uh, certain interests, when they, they determine a fine like that. So I, I think that this is, a, this is a big problem, and it's probably not an issue even just at the State Department of Labor and Industries, and I, I think it needs to be looked at. Do you know, Don, if anyone else besides yourself uh, is looking into this, 
um, and is is saying, "Hey, wait, wait a second, w- what's going on here?" I'm I'm sure industry groups are following this, and I'm curious about at the state level if you've heard from anybody um, since your piece broke online earlier this week. Um, reacting to this with with some thoughts on you know whether this is a good thing or not for the State Department of Labor and Industries to be doing. No, I haven't heard anything. I think uh, as far as I I know, reaction has been uh, been quiet and and nil. Um, you know, you just you write these you write these stories and uh, and th- and there you are. You know, uh, but you know it's not it's not over. The the labor and industries will have to uh, presumably if, if Munger pursues the matter. Munger Brothers, the owner of the the, the farm, mm-hmm. pursues the matter. Uh, Mel and I will have to uh, justify it in court, perhaps, and um, and we'll we'll see from there. You know, there's a lot lot going on, and um, and I, you know, I I don't I don't know the the certainly there's broader issues here about the H2A program and uh, just the, the general idea that. Uh, farm workers are mistreated, mm-hmm. and um, I think there are big so questions it, here as well about yeah. uh, about the the policies of rest breaks, and and those policies really grew out of the the controversy and and some of the political things that happened in the wake of of uh, what happened down at Sakuma Brothers Farms in Skagit County, and the, that got a lot of attention as well, and ended up in as some changed laws. Um, these mm-hmm. rest break rules, I, I don't know. I, as far as the violations go, do we know, okay, if a rest break was late, does that mean it was one minute late, five minutes late? Did they take it uh, the break an hour late or five hours late? And, you know, t- to me, that makes a big difference. If you, if you take a break five yeah. minutes late, to me, that's not a big deal. If a farm takes a break seven hours late, okay, that's a problem. Uh, you need to be following those rules. You need to be giving your workers uh, break time. That, that's right. Well, that's a that's an interesting part of this case. It's been a, it's been a frustrating part of the case because um, labor and industries has not been able to quantify in in minutes how late uh, meals were, and and they 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 issued a fine just actually for one late meal, and they picked that particular late meal because it affected the most workers. I think it was like 583 workers, and so if you count each worker as a violation. You have a higher fine than if you pick the day with 120 workers, which was another uh, thing they could have chose. And actually, when they picked the 583, they they you know they said, well, the farm's been very cooperative, and the farm made immediate corrections so these violations wouldn't occur. So we'll we'll slash it in half, the 283 number in half, and then multiply that by. 513 to get the fine so you can see how much flexibility they yeah, had it just seems like an odd process because from what you've uncovered apparently they the the department of labor and industries actually found 13 violations i think i had that number right but the fine was only for two of those right um so what does that really mean and why if, if it was a problem why wasn't it a fine for all of them or if it wasn't a problem why would <laughs> There's just a lot of questions around this when when we look under the surface and how this all really works. Kind of like uh, apparently, kind of like making sausage or something. You don't want to really see the process uh, behind the curtain, so to speak. Don Jenkins with Capital Press uh, talking about this report. And again, you can find it online, CapitalPress.com. Also in uh, this week's print edition out yesterday. Don, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate your reporting on this. Keep us posted as this continues to develop. Like you 
you say there could be an appeal here and, and who knows what uh, could come next of the story, but we certainly appreciate your time this morning. All right. Well, thank you.